are back on this wonderful, well-suited Wednesday, I'm going to call it, because it just suits the wrap-up of our month here. At happy Pride Month, you know. Yes, Happy Pride Month. That's what we're featuring. So we're, we are, we acknowledge everything that's been going on in the country, across the world, including this pandemic, which we just got some news about everyone having to wear mandatory masks out in yes. public now. Yes. How are you feeling about that, What? You go, you, you, you're in the house a lot and you don't go out too often. Um, how are you feeling about the new government mandated statewide I, legislation? I am all for it. Um, there is no reason why you should be going outside and not wearing a mask. Here's the deal. I get if it's like outside, like I've been to the parks and to the beaches and to lakes and going hiking. Now I can understand when there's a, a, like a multitude of people around and like the hiking, like if you're going to hike Mayor Jane Falls, it might be a little tough because there's so many people there. So you might want to put a mask on, but I know it's going to be harder to breathe because the incline. Um, I will say this though, there's been times where I've walked into like, I had to go to UPS to drop off some Amazon returns, right? And there's people there with no mask on. See, that's a problem for me. I have a problem with indoors things. Like I have not gone into a casino. The only restaurant I went to was when we went to Boiling Crab the one time and that was it. I have not been anywhere else. I've been either in my house or somewhere outdoors. That's all. I'm good with mask. I feel like the only thing though is if it's a mask thing, like it should be across the board. It should be every state. Every state should have to wear a mask because what happens to those people like um, that are traveling for work and they can don't have to wear it one place and have to wear it somewhere else. I mean, they could be spreading it. Yeah, but there's, they- so, many these, there's so many of these um, like uh, the asys- asystematic ones. I mean, you don't even know you have it. DL Hughley didn't know until he passed out. Yeah, D.L. Hewley didn't even know. He just fainted. Yeah. Fine. I don't know. Oh, Lord. Anybody that plans for travels, look up the information of the place you're going first. Know what to expect and don't come up here like, oh, I'm surprised. You wouldn't do that if you were traveling across the the pond. You would totally be searching and figuring out your hotel accommodations, rules, regulations, all of that. So just do those same things coming out this way in California. And more than likely Arizona, they may have to go through the mask thing too because they're labeled a hot spot. But uh, yeah, we're in an interesting time, and this is just one of those times we can move out freely. Just wear a mask. It's all there. And it's going to be hard for people to do. I don't see why that's a problem for those that you know can do it. Like it's a mask. Like, and shout out to uh, Will Reed and the BLM because they gave <laughs> we got our masks from there. I don't have one here. We just got some new ones, some black ones in as well. So. There, that's an inexpensive way to stay with a mask on. You can brand yourself. It could be your real estate company. It could be your um, position. It could be your sports team. It can be whatever you believe in or whatever you want to have on your mask. And that way it's a form of, you know, a form of um, promotion or even just get a plain one. But have to, you have to have something. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's not much more that needs to be done. And I probably will be ordering more now since we have the order in it. So check him out. His page is on Facebook, doing all those big things. And uh, that's, there it is. Mass City. Let's do it. Mask on. <laughs> mask on. <laughs> we'll just say mask. 
<laughs> What's interesting though, um, with the whole mask situation, and they say, okay, well, unless you're drinking or you're eating. Now, typically in casinos, when people are drinking, they don't stop. They continue and have in their hands. So are you then required to put it on in between each drink? Are you required to put it on when you're done drinking, period? And if so, then someone could have a drink in their hand the whole time and never put a mask on. So what's the point? I have my mask right near me right now to demonstrate, the one mask I brought with me, to demonstrate how you can do that. There's actually a group of ladies that have made a mask that have a zipper across the mouth that you undo. <laughs> And also ask that people have invented with a little hole for you to stick your straw, whatever you need to drink. They're coming up with stuff. It's weird. It's crazy, but it's out there. So well, it's also weird because um, we'd also what about smokers? Like casinos are the biggest thing place for smokers. I thought they would easily been banning smoking by now inside casinos because there's so much. That's nothing. You can't wear a mask and smoke. It just no, it, and it's part of the game drinking life of vegas so i don't know how that adjustment is going to work out right right but it's the rule everybody that's already joined oh, in on the chat we have pri oh yeah there we are yeah. they are requiring masks yes it's so insane. yes that is a thing in our state uh if you are between the ages of two and nine however you don't have to wear a mask right which i think should be two to five honestly because i feel like when you're in the first I grade like nine's a little old you know yeah have to be till nine but whatever we roll with it it works i definitely think it should be like it's in the little mask it's kind of a cute little scene when you have it all coordinated and stuff but you know it's it's just the time that we're in right that's gone right yeah. so here we um, are it's, yeah. it's gonna be that and then you know going into sports like uh, what are we i don't know oh look at c hit up in there yeah, he, <laughs> he has some, I think. I, I trust that he'll do the right. He'll we just right. try to give him one. That's all. Yeah, we'll get him a girl chat sports one. So yeah, we'll do that. Then <laughs> <laughs> for for BS chiming in, like I mean, I appreciate that if you're smoking and you can move your mask for five seconds to put it back on and um, and smoke again, like. Hey, at least you're following some sort of rules. I just feel like that's going to be an easy out for a lot of people to be like, oh, well, I'm just smoking, so I can't wear a mask right now, or I'm just drinking, can't wear a mask. Because even when we went to go eat the one time, the one place we went, the one place I went to eat, they literally made us wear a mask until our food came. And, and then we had to put it on right after. And I'm fine with that, because the thing of it is, is out of courtesy to those working in front of me, like, I have to go back to work very soon. So yeah. I, I don't want to have to wear my mask on an eight hour shift, but I have to like, at least be respectful and kind. It's like, put it to this scenario. Okay. So if you happen to pee on yourself and you're wearing no clothes, right. And I hate to get this crass, but it gets all over everybody. Cause you don't have no pants on. Right. Like, guess what? It's only going to affect you and the chair that you're sitting in or the car seat you're in. I don't know, but I'm just saying a mask kind of, kind of hot holds back some things. Let's just do the right thing out there and, and just Well, one of my girlfriends had mentioned the same thing with the pants thing, but hey, I don't like wearing pants, but I still do it in public. So <laughs> it's like, it's a mask now. No, what did he say? The governor said, uh, no shoes, no shirt, no mask, no service. Used to be no shoes, no shirt, no dice. 
I mean, and you ain't getting service. You ain't gonna. I'm still holding to the no dice. No dice. If you don't have. That's a, a very good question. How are we gonna be at the pool with the mask on? Are we? Are we now getting the mask? Put the mask on. You wear the mask and you lay it on the lounge. What you gonna get in the water too? I suggest are we, we now getting mask tan lines. Is that a for real thing? Yeah. Oh. Or uh, encore with the night swim thing. Maybe but they don't have the pools open yet, so it's not like it's, I mean, not like club pools unless you're staying well, there. Open, and I encourage everybody to wear a mask because I saw that video and that looked toxic. Really? Yeah, no social distancing, kids everywhere. No, that's ridiculous. Like, get it together. Get it together. I, I need people to do the right thing. And poor physicians, because the physicians and nurses and everybody in these hospital staffs have worked so tirelessly to, to help us not get sick, treat those that were sick and send them on their way. Now you're about to inundate them. They've been away from their families. They have to put themselves at risk. I can't get mad at this point if a doctor says, no, I can't treat you. Not that they will, but you can't be mad at them. Like, for real, like, how dare you be that selfish, in my opinion, to not adhere to some ordinances because they work so tirelessly to save your life. Yeah, but see, I mean, for all the doctor's appointments that I've gone to since the whole COVID has started, they've required you to have a mask to enter the building and or do your temperature as well. So I feel like medically wise, a lot of people are having to obey the you know mask requirement. It's been more like the casual people like at the grocery store or at you know going to UPS or the post office or some stores that I've been to as far as like UPS had asked that they require it, that they would ask that you try to have one on, but they don't make you have one on. And that's my thing is I don't want to go into restaurants and casinos and we've already seen the videos. We've seen videos of bars that are open. First of all, how do you go to a bar and not, I mean, that's your purpose is to go there to drink and to socialize. Now you're there trying to like go in between a mask and not a mask and drinking and sipping or are you punching a hole in your mask? I don't know. I, I, I just... I Days and age of quarantine, I think everybody should become the best cooks, the best bartenders, the best caterers, the best everything in their house. Yeah. Well, if you, let's have, huh? if you have it, I don't know what to tell you. You pay twenty dollars for a drink that you can make stronger in your own house. That's why. That's how I see it. So let's get into. I mean, the sports now. Sports are all returning. And shout out to Cicero because we would. <laughs> I don't see. Apparently, I'm guessing you're going to have to wear a mask if those bubbles were in Nevada. Here's the deal: Florida hasn't made a mandatory mask rule, not that I am aware of. So if anybody tested positive recently for COVID and are still heading down to Orlando, yeah, I know it's ridiculous. And then what are you going to do when uh, this is all said and done and everybody um, is all COVID up? So they just play together COVID, passing it right. And they got so is, that, is that part of it where you have to wear the mask anytime outside, even if you're just walking alone out, out in the street? Is it, you know what I mean? Like, are you just, if I go outside of my house to go for a jog, am I having to wear a mask where someone's going to stop me? No, I hope not. I mean, you don't know. There's some crazies out there that'll be against you. Right. right. And it's cold, you know what I mean? Uh, we get closer just to safe, And you have to walk with discernment. And if you don't need it, don't go get it. If you have to go out and do things, do things, then go home. It ain't hard. What, you don't like your home? If everybody don't like their home. Go to your home. <laughs> Adam Sandler, don't you want you too good for your home? <laughs> hey, but speaking, so we've got sports that are coming back. I'm excited because our USL has announced that they are officially starting back on the 11th, I think. 
Um, we just don't know where yet because they're going to be dividing the um, the league into not just two or one area. It's going to be like in regions. So it'll be like five, I think, different five or six different regions that they'll be splitting the teams up in to play out there. Was it 10 games? 16 games. 16 regular games. And if they already played a regular season game, it'll already count. So some teams are only playing 14. We'll be playing, right. I think, a full 16. But I'm excited the games will get back out. We just don't know where yet. So we'll see if it's Vegas or not. Well, I know NHL for their playoff tourney, they're definitely high on the list of Vegas. Yeah. Um, that stays, but with the numbers the way they are now, I don't know if that's going to be the case. Well, I think before Vegas was a good option because they could basically use one hotel or one casino just for those teams per se. But now you've got everything open. Are you now required to shut one down to put the teams in? Like, I don't see how you're going to be able to have just regular tourists and players within the same casino or hotel. That's be really difficult. How that's going to work. But we'll see. But so Vegas did make the cut. We did make the cut for places for arenas for the two locations for NHL. They're supposed to make some kind of announcement later on, just like um, USL is supposed to make an announcement later on, hopefully this week, maybe next. Because they all got to start reporting in like July, July 1st, July something. Like baseball, MLB is coming back. God willing. I just okay, so tell me about this. This is what I didn't understand. How is it that the MLB PA turned down the 60 games, then got the 70 games, turned that down. Then went back to 60 games and turned that down. But now they're playing 60 games again. Maybe it was a money thing in between that. Well, I think they were supposed to be getting their full prorated whatever amount. Uh, they're the getting the back of what they're supposed to get. In their, like they're supposed to get the retroactive pay or something like that. Right. I don't I know. Going back and forth, and it's players with concerns. So maybe they settled on 60 after the 70 sounded ludicrous and everything else. Maybe they're like, oh, well, then 60 don't sound so bad after you mentioned 70. Maybe we'll just roll with the 60. Maybe that possibly was the case. Either way, they're coming back. Yeah, and they're going to be doing 40 games regular season and then 20 games. Um, I think it's inter, what is it, interleague, interplay, interleague play. So that way you're basically not having – because here's the deal. They're not doing Arizona and Florida no more. They've closed those two options down. It's going to be the teams are reporting to training camp at their home stadiums, and they're just going to be trying to limit the amount of travel that each team does. So that's going to be interesting because – California's governor is talking about a second stay-at-home measure now. How's that going to work? So it's all, it's all subjective. This is great talk. It's great that I hope it gets executed to some degree. Because I really just want to see what happens with these Astros and the Yankees. I really just want smoke brought to them. So that's the only reason I'm really wanting the baseball to come back. Because I want every team that plays the Astros or the Yankees to do something to them. Not bad, but just take them out. Karma's a pay, you know, just a little payback. Yeah, just scale them back where they are, they're less than 500 for the season, for the small season that we have. Right. Well, you know, that's the thing is there's already been, I think, what, Major League Baseball had 40 positive tests between players and staff on Sunday. That's just Major League Baseball, 40. And we don't know how many of which way. There was a tennis player that had tested positive over the weekend. There was the first um, PGA, oh, what's his name? His caddy tested positive, and now he's not going to be in the next tournament. So I don't know. 
it's it's a really I, wait. yeah someone uh, tease like you're teasing us with it and then it happens something bad like i don't know just i can't and then the only thing is is like i don't know how what who's gonna actually start first that's what i want to see that's a good bet to place maybe we go to a sports book maybe the sports book has that maybe a drive up sports book has that i mean seriously because we all got tentative dates. Something may happen in between here and there. Maybe there's a, if everybody's going to Florida, there could be a major breakout. Cause we are, Oh, and the news today was that Disney decided put to postpone their opening of the California Disneyland. So yeah, but guess what? All these people are going to Disney world in Florida and it's, they had like 7,000 positive tests today. 7,000. That's Florida. What do people say? The craziest people live in Florida in the Bronx? At least that's what Charlotte says. I don't know. <laughs> um, so that's, we're all still in limbo, you guys, for sports. We still don't know. I mean, there's some dates, but we'll see. I, I won't believe it till I. She we get to live. Okay, there huh? you go. Yeah, there we you get, go. Oh, we get to live sports, right? Let's say we're in the beginning of, let's say we're in not, the end of August. At that point, that means we would have NHL, Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL, and our U.S. I mean, what you got things, five things on during the day. Like, when are you able to watch one thing, if not all of them? We went from having zero sports to having too many sports to watch in one day. You got to pick your poison of which one you like the most. I guess I have to make like a, a calendar. You know, Mondays are for football. Tuesday is baseball. It's just going to be a lot. It's just going to be a lot. Um, but shout out to Bubba Wallace. Um, I was I watched an entire NASCAR race on Monday. He came in fourth, right? No, he came in. I think it was ninth or fourteenth. But he had held the first. He had he was holding down first place um, up in the third the third stage. I'm learning a few things as I start my NASCAR. I'm fandom. He was in the third stage and he held it for a couple of minutes. Um, but the whole, this gas situation with how they timed the Phillips and gases, because they're literally running out of gas every lap. I mean, and so basically he didn't have enough gas to really push him into that last two minutes of race. Well, he had time to go to the pit crew and refuel. Yeah. There was a handful of guys, like the, literally the top, I'd say five or six um cars at that point like maybe during the beginning of the first third stage all of them didn't place in the for top three because they all had gas issues and were running out and they had mismanaged i guess you know, that's a mismanage when you don't fill up or don't i don't know it's a hard thing to do you know, like going on there's a lot of controversy before his race and you yeah. know that whole fiasco and uh, very ugly fiasco, if you will. And a lot of them, you know, a lot of that too had to do with his setup. You know, that takes you out of the mind and mentals of getting prepared and being properly prepared. Right. You have other instances, which are unnecessary instances. Um, but he uh, unfortunately probably won't have that previous occurrence of a noose like, I'll say it was a noose. It was a noose hanging from his garage. Right. Um, it was. He, he, he's he, he's in for the fight of his life. Don't think it's not over for Bubba because he's still going to be fighting. You know, my thing is I, I people are like, oh, my God, I just can't believe it. Have you met or have you heard the story of Jackie Robinson? I just need you to know. Yeah, but this is and now we're in 2020. Like, come on. Uh, 
Wait, Mel, you can say that all day and look what's going on. We have not had any change. So I know. So for him to be the only black player, black, I'm sorry, race car driver, racing, making a huge drastic change to the narrative yep. of the car within days, far, far more positive results in 48 hours than the NFL did for Cap. We won't talk about that, though. And the fact that he is now literally like a face of this sporting new movement movement and also the fact that they hired shout out to brandon this new vp of diversity like they're really getting the inclusion at a fast rapid rate you're not going to have everybody be happy you're not going to have everybody going with the no confederate flag um at these um arenas they're not gonna at these um race tracks they're not gonna do it you got some that aren't gonna do it but hey you better fall in line because it's not going to go backwards. It's only going to go forwards. So and to I see, and to see, um, to Cicero, you know, he said that they had already found a noose in there. But the thing is, is if the noose was already in there in 2019, why didn't someone have an issue with it? I mean, we know why, but it's like you can't make the excuse that oh well, it's not a hate, it's not a hate crime on Bubba. I mean, 2019, it's you. Someone's still leaving it in there as a hate crime. It's not a bull life knot, okay? If anybody knows about knot tying, if guys have been to bo bo uh, Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, exactly. there's a bull life knot. It's not. There's all kinds of knots you can make. A bull life knot, similar to looking like a noose. I've seen them hang off of garage doors. It's a bull life knot. That is not that. You go on YouTube, you can learn how to tie these different knots. There's so many various knots. Bull life knots are usually used when you're fishing and it's like off your fish hook and that kind of thing. Those are the knots that you use. That was clearly a noose. Regardless if it had been there in the past, Whoever it was for, it's the symbolism of the object. I don't care what the FBI has said. I don't care if it's some pet. The symbolism of it all, and coincidentally, in his garage, is what speaks higher volumes. The symbolism of having a noose means so much in context of looking at it as an object. So it doesn't matter. It's the fact that that object was there. And it wasn't him that found it. It was the staff from NASCAR that found it. Let's be clear. And it no, wasn't him, it was, exactly. It was a NASCAR official, a worker for NASCAR that discovered it and reported it. And rightfully so. Regardless of it been there, it, it's still a noose at the end of the day. And as black people, we know Confederate flags, nooses, any of those kind of objects in a NASCAR arena means we're not welcomed. No. And now that they're changing it to be welcome for all of us, it's going to be heavy and it's going to be a lot of lifting for Bubba. It's, this is not a, it's not going to be an easy fight. He knows that. And he knows he's in for the fight of his life. And we have to be he's ready for it too. He's ready. And we have to be ready too. We have to stand with him. We have to support him. So that's what we do it. So that's pretty much the wrap up of sport. Well, okay. And Dak Prescott got signed his money. Yes, got got whatever. Um, Seahawks and Ravens are shopping AB out. I mean, you know. I... Hey, let's see what they do. It'll be interesting. Um, but let's get on our guest. Let's discuss some things with him. Um, please welcome Mr. Andre Wade. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey. <laughs> What's up, ladies? Exactly. Precisely 11 months from this day was when you were last on our show. Yes. And that was Pride Month. 
first week of Pride Month or the last week, but we want to get you in there because we're wrapping up the month. And, you know, we, we want to let the audience know that Pride also intersects with Black Lives Matter. Before we get into that, though, I want you to just explain to the audience a little bit of your background and why we have you on today, aside from you being such a great friend to us and a loyal supporter of Girl Chat Sports. Yes. You know, you don't earn any merchandise. You don't buy any merchandise. <laughs> up uh, to Melissa, too, for our audience. I'm um, looking around. Explain <laughs> a little bit about yourself. We, we know you support us, but just go ahead and explain to the audience a little bit about you and... Uh, Oh, now she was all on. What's his name from uh, Tommy? Tommy. Yeah. Oh, oh now to share the love. Now you all in Tommy phase, girl. <laughs> Comes some high hands. <laughs> nah, love you, Natalie. Uh, yeah. So no, I'm a uh, Vegas native. Uh, no more, of course, since uh, eighth grade. I have known Melissa since 2007 or eight. Probably seven, yeah. All right. You know, I grew up playing sports, um, playing basketball, baseball, soccer, ran track, um, bold. Where'd you run track at? Uh, ran track at uh, Western and Cimarron, um, lettered both. I went to state. That so I ran, you know, yeah, you know, doing my thing, doing my thing. But I, I stopped. I stopped doing sports. Uh, really excited to want to concentrate on my academic studies. But um, no, I just have a background in human services. But I've been been doing uh, advocacy and education around LGBTQ issues uh, for the past twelve years. And so, uh, yeah, that's that's the work I primarily do. And I teach gender, race, class, and sexuality at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Very impressive. So you were a perfect guest to have on our show this evening to wrap up the Pride Month. I love it. I think so, so. Talk about, um, first and foremost, is the work that you've been doing has been amazing uh, throughout the community as well as statewide. Um, I wanted to touch on just a few things because the last time we spoke, like a year ago on our platform, we were talking <laughs> about uh, transgenders in sports and just LBGTQ inclusiveness in sports. And I know with everything going on, um, that was like 11 months ago, but we haven't really heard much more about the subject as well as the inclusivity of um, sexual orientation in sports. Now, I did notice that women's sports seem to have a more biased, open inclusiveness arena when you're talking about U.S. women's soccer, you're talking about WNBA, you're talking about softball, you're talking about any of these sports that women play in, that their sexual orientation doesn't seem to be a problem. Whereas we go into uh, what you want to call the male-dominant sports arena, NFL, NBA, MLB, uh, NHL, those kind of things. It's still, to me, a little hard for that side to come to grips or come around or for players to even be open with their sexual orientation. You Can you speak on that or do you think um, I may be off base on the, the metrics? No, um, I mean, you're right on. Uh, in general, um, women, lesbians, uh, bisexual women are more accepted um, in society, mainly because um, it's the men who are doing the accepting and who fetishize it, who think that they can, you know, turn the woman out or 
we start getting into like these uh, fantasies or, you know, with three ways and all these sort of things, but it's always through this male gaze. It's about the men doing the controlling. And even if you hear about um, a man and a woman who uh, likes to invite women into the bedroom, if you kind of have, sometimes with some stories you might hear it where it's really like the guy who's sort of controlling everything and it's not really the woman who's saying whether or not she has the option to have like another guy in there because that's like a no-go for, for, for men. And so um, it's more accepted and it's tolerated. Um, even if it's not like accepted, people, when men can like sort of be like, okay, it's, it's fine, we can deal with it. And they don't see it as a threat to them um, unless it's a, a quote unquote butch woman or a stud or something like that, where they will present more masculine, then men would have a problem with that because then there's a, uh, you know, the notion that men then feel their masculinity threatened by that. And just like how men's masculinity is threatened by then um, gay or bisexual men in sports, knowingly in sports, because we know they are. And so it becomes this whole thing like, oh, I don't want to shower with someone and all this stuff as if uh, LGBTQ people are predators and that just because we're in that space, then we're gonna you know, do something sexually. And then you have guys who'll be like, well, I remember this one guy or these guys, they came on to me and all this sort of thing. And I didn't want them to. It's just like, well, what about when you come on to women and they don't want you to, <laughs> you know, it's like, welcome to the club. We all been there in some shape or fashion. But yeah, just guns is, at the end of the day, it's it's men who are dominating the conversations and it's the threat to men's sense of masculinity that, that's at play. And at the end of the day, a uh, straight masculine guy doesn't want to be beat by a gay guy or a female in um, sports or in something physical. And so that has to be uh, quote unquote policed. Wow. So do you think, oh, somebody, oh, shout out to Jen. She's calling you a handsome devil. She thinks oh, you're a devil. Thank you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> shout out to Jen. Yeah, um, so when we talk about this, let's get into it because I noticed that um, when it comes to a subject matter of this, and we'll just we'll just touch on it. When you say that layer, and then add another layer, like uh, transgender players or transgender sons, soon to be daughters of players, or I'll say transgender daughters. I'm speaking mostly on the Dwayne Wade thing. How a lot of men. I noticed came for Dwayne's head about this subject matter about regarding his son, his child, because of more of the age thing, like 12 is too young. Why would he do this? Um, I don't understand. It's killing black uh, men, like it's making black boys. And like, it's all this vicious stuff that I hear. So what can we say, what can you say to squash the narrative of, of everything that I just mentioned of some bad, bad verbiage of, this being something that's just outright sinful, if you will, if I use those words right. Yeah, um, I don't know about squashing. I wish we we could, but um, you know, I've done uh, quite a few interviews this uh, past couple of weeks because of the Supreme Court decision and uh, just out that. there. Oh, thank you, thank you, and the convergence of Pride and Black Lives Matter and. Um, we always talk about transgender folks, and even today was doing a training uh, uh, to an organization around LGBTQ youth, and we talk about 
sexual orientation, gender identity, and of course, transgender folks and gender non-conforming people. And so out of the whole LGBTQ spectrum, you know, lesbian, gay, bisexual, um, people can wrap their minds around someone's sexual orientation. They may not like it or understand where it's coming from, but they're like, okay, you're lesbian, you're gay, you're bisexual, okay, fine. But when we start talking about um, someone who's transgender um, or even intersex, which is a different category, um, then people's heads kind of explode and just can't wrap their mind around um, what it means to be transgender. Because we don't really have a complete understanding um, what, of what gender and sex is and what the difference between one sex, like the chromosomal sex, like your doctor says you're male or female and how they determine that versus your gender, which is like in your head and how you see yourself. And we then express our gender in certain ways. Um, a la uh, Prince, you know, Prince is a guy who would, you know, he identified as a male, but he, uh, uh, you know, would wear pumps and tight yeah. pants and lace and all that stuff. And that's the way he expressed his gender. You have David Bowie, I'm, I'm a little old school, so I'm, you know, my references are a little older. Uh, but you have David Boy, who um, who didn't really identify as necessarily male or female. He was more um, like gender nonconforming, we'd call it. And so he would present in ways that he that weren't necessarily masculine or feminine, but they're kind of a mixture of both. And so when it comes to like pop stars, we can kind of be okay with that. But when it comes to everyday people, we we struggle with it because all we see is the world as binary, black, white up, down, right, left, male, female, um, yes, no, and there's really no understanding of the in-between. So when we introduce something like uh, transgender, then people are just like, well, why would someone want to be a man when they're a woman? Why would someone want to be a woman when they're a man? It's not about like, you know what? You know, I really love wigs and uh, dresses, so I'm just gonna, you know, do this full transition. And and think it's like a, a thing or a, a choice that someone makes lightly. And way to think about it is someone who's born uh, with the male body and the mind of a female. And so how you see yourself, your identity um, does not match with your body. And so people have a lot of trauma and depression and suicidal thoughts. A lot of people commit suicide. Uh, because of it, like it's just not working for them. And so uh, they struggle with accepting themselves and the world isn't accepting them. Um, it's simply because like what's happening up here doesn't match their body. Uh, but when I, when we talk about intersex people, um, these are people who are born and they have ambiguous genitalia. So the doctor looks at the baby and they're like, okay, is it does it have a penis or a vagina to know it's a boy or girl? But what happens when the genitalia is ambiguous? They can't tell if it's more female or male. And so the doctors have to do an assessment to make a determination. Mm. And so when they make the determination, there's a crude way of thinking about it that it's easier to dig a ditch than pitch a tent. So it's easier to make a vagina than it is a penis. So that being the case, if doctors are sort of making this crude, I'm just I'm being very broad based these crude determinations, then what does that say about someone's gender and how they see themselves that's attached to what a doctor has decided that their sex is gonna be? And so it's not as straightforward. And there's a lot more 
intersex people, and we call it like the third sex or the third gender that are born more often than we know. It's about, um, I can get the number right off uh, top of my head. Um, well, like, is it 5% of the population? I got to go back and look at the numbers, but it's a decent number of people that are born um, intersex than we think of. And so it's not like a clear cut uh, thing. And it's the same thing with transgender. And so speaking to Dwayne Wade's uh, daughter, what's the alternative to not accept their daughter? Well, that was to- my, one of my issues is that I see all of these mostly men who are bashing on Dwayne Wade, not only his own hair dyeing, his own style, like let that man live his life. That's his life. Is he bothering you? Probably not. Um, but the they want to attack him for how he's parenting his daughter. My thing is, is that you're getting mad at players like, um, who was the guy that beat his kid in the NFL? I forgot. Uh, um, Adrian Peterson. So yeah. Adrian Peterson whips his kid, and we're all up in arms, like, "Oh my God, what happened?" Mm-hmm. But you're supporting your child and doing something that they feel is what they're they are and what they're doing. Why is that a problem for anybody? You know, it, it, you know, there's no. And that's that's the issue. It's like appropriate age to do it. That's what I'm confused about. Well, and so it's and this is um, up to debate, and it's a little quote unquote controversial. And so we think about it like this. It's gonna be a hard so people, young people know relatively younger than what we think, like around um as early as eight, nine, ten, um, about their gender, even their sexual orientation, even though they don't talk about it in those terms. Um, and so what's one of the most traumatic things for someone to know who is um experiencing difficulties with their uh, gender is that, oh no, I'm going to have to go through pu- puberty. So if you are a young uh, pre-trans, um, I'll say boy at the time, um, and you know that you want to transition to being female because that's what's in your head. It's not that you're confused or anything like that. It's just how you're wired. Um the, worst, the last thing you want to do is go through puberty and have uh, testosterone go through your body, have a beard, uh, uh, get pubic hair in all these different places and you know, all have your testes drop, all that stuff. That's the last thing that you want to do. And so sometimes parents opt to have their children um, have hormone blockers to not go through the uh, puberty uh, so they can have a easier transition to the opposite uh, sex or gender. But sometimes uh, young people don't really understand or know where they're at with their journey. So there may not be until like in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s before they decide to transition. And it's uh, a little harder, biologically speaking, to do so after puberty and, of course, as you get older. So sometimes they just make that decision because it's it's a tough, tough, tough decision, but it's a way to sort of abor- avoid the trauma of puberty, in which none of us have the burden of having to make that choice, right? It's a it's a horrible burden, but at least there's medical uh, help for people to to grapple with and make a, a good decision. Well, and and just like we've watched 
let's say people leave this this chat or this video, this the, the podcast here, or some may start the podcast and decide they want to turn it off after it gets to a point that's uncomfortable for them. I've been in trainings with my job through the county that is on diversity and you know different sexual sexual preferences and whatnot. And there's been people and like grown adults that are getting up and leaving a required training because they can't handle the information handle the topics. And my, what what I think makes it come full circle is we're coming into this Black Lives Matter campaign. And there's all this talk about how racist white people can't seem to p- grasp their self around the thought about Black Lives Matter and the humanity aspect of everything. And it comes down to similar to, uh, to the gay and les- LGBTQ movement. I mean, there's some people, even within your own Black, you know, um, heritage that can't bashing the LGBTQ people, like as you said, and that that's a thing where if Black Lives Matter, then that means it encompasses every Black person. And I just seem to see that, and I, to your point, Mel, I see that as a huge miss. It yeah. is that, you know, we praise the Supreme Court, but people are like, hey, what about Black Lives Matter? Well, guess what? Black Lives Matter included in that too. Because regardless of who we are, tall, short, fat, skinny, uh, long hair, short hair, uh, gay, straight, bi, trans, uh, we're black, women, men, whatever, we're black. We still incur the same racism and the same discrimination that we all pretty much can agree on that we've incurred, regardless of our sexual orientation. We're still black at the end of the day. So it's just very interesting, as to your point, Mel, that, that we're excluding uh, another group base that happened to be black in a Black Lives Matter situation. That's not fair. It's not. It's not fair. No, we what have these. About okay. that? You've seen that, Andre. What What is your take on that aspect of it? Because I did uh, see of trans uh, women getting beat up badly by black men in video off of riots or in a looting situation or just being innocent bystanders that are pulled out of protests being, um, I've been told my volume is low, so I don't know if you guys can hear me. Um, um, being beat down, pulled out of the lines of protest, fighting to be beat down because of who they are and their sexual orientation. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, some men um, feel threatened by just having uh, conversations of, about this information. And it's like, well, you know, if, well, if I watch it, it means that I accept it, and if I like it, if I accept it and like it, then what does it mean? Or what are other people going to think about me? And so, you know, they sort of just do this group think, um, opt out sort of thing. But with Black Lives Matter, um, I always have to remind people that Black Lives Matter was started because, um, in part, Trayvon Martin's uh, unfortunate death. Um, and a hashtag was created, Black Lives Matter. Um, and the movement evolved and was built by two out of three, three black women, two of which um, identify as queer. So lesbian, queer, however they identify, they're part of the LGBTQ community. Two of the three black women who started Black Lives Matter um, are queer. In that, they affirm 
that Black lives, it means all Black lives, regardless of sexual orientation, or let me put it this way, including gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, immigrants, people who are disabled, uh, people who have a certain legal status, uh, you name it, they're uh, including folks. It's on the website. They're trying to be clear. So if you got a problem with that, you have a problem with Black Lives Matter and use something else. And why? People don't see that. People aren't doing their research to know that fact. Like, no. And it's like, so what do you grapple with? So is it just like, well, I don't believe it, but I like believing Black Lives Matter. So you negotiate with yourself and you're okay with it to a point. And why is it, if we have to tell other people that, we understand that all lives matter, but black lives therefore don't matter. And we have these conversations and we get upset about it. Then we're also having a, a similar conversation where we're like, okay, black lives matter. And we're like, no, all black lives matter. And they're like, no, 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 but not you. And so how is it that? <laughs> it's like, so people have to understand like where, where are you standing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to be, because of your race, you want to be accepted and seen as a whole person but then you don't want to accept and see somebody else as a whole person because of their sexual orientation or their gender identity. And sometimes it just all goes back to like, where did you learn this information? You know, church, school, family, all this stuff. And where did people learn this bad things about black people? Church, school, you know, the family. So people are learning horrible things about each other, continuing this divisiveness, pointing to the Bible, pointing to what they heard on TV as to justify how they're going to not like and mistreat people when they don't understand that they're mistreating people in another parallel universe. And so it's like, get with it. It's, it's, it's an exhausting conversation to always have and to always try to be seen. But it's like, mm, yeah, we don't really accept you because X, Y, Z. And the Bible says so in Jesus and all these other things. Like, yeah, okay. It's crazy. And and just to even circle back with everything you said, it just proves a theory that it's harder for certain athletes to actually be their true selves in a sports arena because we still have these stigmas. What mm -hmm. do you think for the leagues it's going to change? Or what does, what are the necessary steps they need to do to kind of make this, this change happen where players can um, play and be true to who they are and not have to work? about stigmas and stereotypes what do you think the steps that league offices need to make because i feel like we're at a uh, a holding pattern right now with this i don't see a progression if you will from the last 11 months that you were here i feel like the same ideologies and same attitudes are still present to this day um so i just even when the leagues are not even acknowledging the pride month is, is even a big thing i just don't notice so what do you think that they should do or what do you think is suggested for anyone to um it's it's education. It's I'm just looking at uh, a, uh, a comment here, and someone saying like the people are too lazy to actually do some research, and that's that's it. We as Black people want people to know true American history, know our history, see us as true three dimensional human beings for our greatness, our faults, our contributions, and all these things, which isn't taught in school, which a lot of people just largely don't know. And it goes the same thing for um, queer people. Like, 
know what it actually means to be lesbian, gay, bisexual, and what it, transgender, like actually, like what it means and what it, where it's coming from. It's not what you heard from your friend, you know, more than likely. Uh, and so people are just using this misinformation to further confirm what they think they know or justify um, how they're gonna treat people. But people just don't understand sexual orientation. They don't understand what it means. So people think like, we choose to be gay. So people think like, okay, so I've chosen to live a life where um, I'm gonna lose people in my life because of who I am. I'm gonna have the threat of violence um, against me. I can potentially, uh, until recently, lose my job because of it. I can be denied all kinds of benefits simply because of what, a lifestyle? Like, do you think people are gonna be that committed to a lifestyle? <laughs> If it's if it's that simple, you think people are gonna be committing suicide just because they're just like, you know what, I'm I'm gonna do this whole gay thing today, you know, and so and but but also people, I'll say this one last thing, but people are struggling with their sexual orientation and their gender identity um, and their sense of being a lot more than we think they are. We don't have conversations about our our fears, our desires, um, our upsets, uh, and what's really bothering us. Um, and so when you have, and it's cliche, but it's like people who have a hard time with this information are sometimes struggling themselves, but we don't have the language and the ability as a society to really just kind of chat things out because we've been told that these people are bad and don't be like these people. And so to prove that you're not like these people, don't watch stuff like this. You know, don't accept Dwayne Wade and how he's treating his daughter because that means that you accept it. If you accept it, that means you're a part of it. If you're a part of it, then we're gonna um, X you out of this uh, this circle. So it's, it's that kind of stuff. One more time for the people in the It's, you know, it's this group thing. So even though I'll, I'll, I'll say this to, um, as my other last thing, let's say you have someone who's like, okay, I'm cool with Dwayne Wade and uh, his daughter and um, a Gabrielle, uh, you know, some of the, the most beautiful parents in the world that, my God, we only wish we had, you know, parents in that level of acceptance. Like, could you imagine what the world would be? But um, I have lost my train of thought. I just got caught up in Gabrielle Union. When I mentioned <laughs> Oh, wow. Why is that so echoey? I know. We're all having little problems. I didn't, I didn't hear it until just now. Yeah. Um, but that was part of it when I listened to your, um, the civil rights, uh, civil equalities uh, live you had yesterday. Part of it was all these homeless youth because most of them, the highest population is the gay and lesbian community because their families were not comfortable or did not allow them to remain in the home. Look at Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union. They're embracing it. And it doesn't matter whether they agree or not. They're embracing it, letting their child be who they feel they are. And if that's the case, right. Moved all the way to California from Florida. Yeah. To make, yeah. It, to make it easier for him. And that's the thing we were missing is that if you were to take a look at the amount of homeless youth that are gay or lesbian or kicked out of their homes because they their families would not accept them, maybe you'd have a different stance on how things are going. 
Yeah, but we we were quick to dismiss and cancel people for this foolishness, and it's uh, it just needs to end. It needs to end. I also think that the men that seem to have such a dare I say hard on for the subject matter and are obsessed with the subject matter may have something within themselves that they're not they're trying to express. Who like, else? Is oh, this is. A, Okay, so Roger says the Bible misquoted too. There were mentions against homosexuality in the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, obsolete. However, a lot of Christians pick and choose which parts to follow. Jesus told his disciples that they don't do anything else, just love each other. That meant love all people. A lot of people forget the part which was straight from Jesus' mouth. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Roger. He gets it. I agree. Very true. Well, that's part of the issue. There's all these people that they always pick and choose which part of the Bible they want to follow or which part mm -hmm. of the Bible they want to sit and there and mm -hmm. even in the Bible, they beat our ancestors quoting Bible verses. So how mm -hmm. real is it to go off of that same nomenclature in a Bible to live off of when that was something that was used to add to our trauma? Mm -hmm. just add, just add. No, you're right. You're right. Very picking of people's attitudes, I think. It's like if you have one attitude, then that's it. That's that's chapter and verse. That's just that's just how we're gonna roll with it. Yep. And it's not about having to accept it for yourself, like, oh, then it's it's freeing me, or or what do I wanna say? Like some people feel like, well, if I accept this, then that means that I'm one too. That's not what it means. It means that you're accepting of all humanity. That you yourself as a human are accepting of all of God's creatures, right? Right. Because at the end of the day, ain't nobody thinking about you. And if, if they are, then it's a compliment and just keep it moving. And it's not that serious. But it's usually when people have this thread around, uh, let's say, a man and a gay man, uh, people think that we have just left from having sex we want to have sex right now, and we're on our way to go have some sex. And so they just see us um, as sexualized. Or you're and doing so, it right there. You're undressing them. Right there. Guys. You want to bring them into it, too. So basically, yeah. Endure, if we wear something that's a little bit just revealing to compliment ourselves that we are hypersexualized and we're trying to push up on you or we're asking for it, if you will. Yeah. And that's this weird stuff that we have to untangle. Um about ourselves and so we can relate better to other people. So, yeah. Very interesting. So, I know you're a big tennis guy and I wanted to I ask, am. what is your take right now with uh, the scene with tennis? Cause they're kind of going back and forth of playing or not playing. Serena doesn't want to be around uh, away from her daughter for so long if they do an apex bubble, like that's similar to the other major sports teams. How, how are you missing tennis and what is, your take, if no tennis ever ha if it doesn't happen for the rest of the year, how are you feeling about that? I mean, I'll I'll miss it. Um, I'll be sad, but I just feel that we have to do what's right for public health and entertainment um, and generating money has to pause because what's what could happen is what if there's a lot of sick people or dead people to, who's not even able to watch sports and buy this stuff? Like, is, is that okay? Um, and we, we'll figure it out. Like we have been through as a world things like this before. We figured it out, we're still here. Um, 
but like just just let it pass. And so, like as long as Rafael Nadal doesn't have COVID, I'm good. Uh, if Djokovic has to sit on the sidelines for for a while, good. One player right now, he is tested positive for COVID. It's fine with me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but you know, it's feeling. Uh, if Federer gets it, you know. Well, and tennis isn't crazy because tennis, there's no real tennis season. Like, it's almost like it's an all-year-round thing. So it's not like you can just sit in a bubble for a few months and battle out, like, you know, 16 matches. It's more of an all-around thing. So unless you're going to do it like NASCAR and just be in a court and have no fans or minimal fans and run it like that throughout the season, there's no way that you're going to be able – uh, to have a have a, a tennis season like that. I mean, yeah. you think they have the most amount of distance between them, but you know, I think they're probably one of the most at risk athletes traveling around the world and on planes and going through different countries and hotels and all this stuff. Um, I don't know how they do it. I mean, it'd probably be just a matter of time. But you know, they're no, they're the point system, and so. If you miss this tournament, you know, at least it doesn't, won't hold it against you the next time. But I mean, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, it's got to be. Like, I I feel like 2020 just, we just need to check it and chill for the, for the remainder of the year. It's just like, it's like we're so thirsty for the sports that we're doing great lengths to try to make it happen. And Rona is just saying, no, 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 I'm here. Six I'm, yeah. down. Sit down. Yeah. I'm yeah. We, like, so it's going to be how this all pans out. It really is. Yeah, we can't talk ourselves out of this one. Uh, it doesn't matter what our beliefs are, who we are. It's, that's not going to um, prevent us from being susceptible to to catching it. But uh, so we just have to sit back and chill because otherwise we're going to just be forced to anyway. And so that's, you know, you're seeing all these spikes happening across the U.S. and really across the world. And so the Rona is telling us, like, nah, I ain't done. So <laughs> get back in the house. I'm and taking all your 2020 away. Yeah, right. I'm literally going to take over now. You Now you can't act right. <laughs> record, we're number one now for the highest cases in the world, with Brazil second. So yeah. we definitely have a lot of ground to cover to get over this. And Believe it or not, our economic dependability is not just on Americans. We we encompass everyone around the world, especially this state, especially our city. So if we have wow. to, do yeah, the right- we have we have a global economy. We're all connected, whether we like it or not. And so, if we don't literally do this uh, for our brothers and sisters, uh, for our neighbors and folks across uh, uh, across the abroad then it's it's all going to be for not because we're all just interdependent. And so we're just making it worse for ourselves. So the mask protocol that just, the ordinance that just came through today. What was that? How do I feel about it? No, I said, so you're with the mask protocol that came through tonight from the governor with the mask uh, directive. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm with it. I'm for it. But, but you know, it's like I kind of sometimes wonder, like, what would make me not okay? With, like, what is it? Be, I, I I'm trying not to get too into the weeds of stuff, but like, you know, we just have people that are getting 
entirely different news and information from different sources that's politicizing um, something that's a public health concern. Yeah. And so unfortunately, we have people that just think and see the world differently because of the information that they take in. And so like for me, it's just, it's not a big deal. Like it's a mess. I'm not like stuffing cotton balls in my mouth and, and I can't breathe or something. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not, it's, it's okay. Um, but when I go out, when I, I rarely, rarely, rarely do it, like going to, you know, the store, or whatever it is I have to go do, you know, I'm wearing a mask and I see that nowadays 95% of the people aren't wearing masks. And I'm just like, like, What's going on? On the here? regular, on the regular, on the not regular. And it's like that's why I'm just like I'm I'm at home. Like I don't leave. I see these videos of people, and I just am like not trying to go there. But I just think that there's going to be an awakening. There's going to be an awakening with 2020 with these protests and. Um, people grappling with their own sense of racism or trying to face it, whether they want to or not. But people are like, it's, it's gonna be an awakening for whatever that might mean for someone. Because um, I think people are gonna realize like, oh my gosh, like in school, I didn't really learn the right stuff. Like what did I learn and what did I not learn? And what does that mean about what I, this information that I think I, I know? And with this Corona stuff, um, I, I do think that people are gonna look back and be like, oh my God, like we were told something that wasn't entirely accurate. Um, and I think that people are gonna have to grapple with that at some point because no matter what Trump says and people on the right about this stuff, it's like, yo, it, science is science, health is health. And you kind of saw that played out in Tulsa with his, rally where people weren't showing up and you know because sometimes people are just going to be like yo like you, you might say that but i'm going to actually stay home and like take care of myself because it's just yeah i think it's going to be an awakening well arizona rally proved that too because the arizona rally no mask either and now they're the hottest state in the country one of the yeah. hottest states, along with texas and stuff with rising numbers and florida and us and california and anyone else i didn't mention uh washington state is still up there i mean it's just yeah. like and and mind you, the numbers that are coming in, I need people to understand this is retroactive of weeks prior to where we are now. So you're uh, one to two weeks, and sometimes they say it's even three. Yeah, so you're looking mm -hmm. at past up uh, before Memorial Day, then you got Memorial Day numbers coming in, and then protest numbers are starting to trickle in. It's a and and I don't understand these people that aren't scientists that are debating with science because I'm it's not. Numbers don't lie, and I'm not about to look. Hey, I'm not a scientist either, and this could all be a big joke on us. But I'm going to err on the side of caution. Right. <laughs> I'm not trying to be up in the right. hospital or, or or get other people sick. Right. Um, that risk, I really don't and, want to. Take yeah, and I mean, I was. You got to, but unless it hits you or hits someone that you know. You yeah. may think of it as just being this hoax, but I personally know people that have been affected by it. People that have been sick or have been sick and passed away. I have a friend who's their friend had half her family pa pass away from it. Like within 
a couple weeks. Like yeah. it's, it's serious to where, yeah, it may not affect me if I get sick, but what happens if I affect everybody else that could get sick badly from it? Or and, and to all those that are saying it's a death, it's not a death sentence. True, it may not possibly be, but who wants to be sick for two weeks with low respiratory issues, high fevers? Why do you want to go through the sickness? Like, who wants to even be put through that misery? Well, even I mean, it's like even if you get shot by a gun, it doesn't mean you're necessarily going to die. But does that mean you want to like, I don't know, have a lung collapse or just get shot in general? Like, right. And it's, it's just how it's just where we are, where we're able to easily dispose of people where we're just like, oh, only five percent of the people are going to die from this. Uh, OK, whatever. Like, why do we not care? Um, but yeah, it's just like, who wants to get sick? And so we have the flu season that's right around the corner. So we're going to have a flu season and coronavirus wrapped up into one this fall and winter. And what is that going to, what's that going to do to folks? And whoever Mm -hmm. said because we're hot here in Vegas, it wasn't going to happen. They lied. They lied, lied. Weather has nothing to do with it. Australia was in their summer when they got hit with this. So what does that tell you? They were in yeah. warm still got it. So of course we're gonna get it. And you know, with we we don't give public health officials and doctors and scientists the room to gather information and change what they know. Because when we went to school, we learned that there was an issue. People learned about it, they solved it, then there was like a vaccine or a cure or whatever, and that's it. And it's not that cut and dry. And so as we are trying to figure out coronavirus and COVID and what the symptoms are and how people can get it, people are just like, oh, see, we were lying. Oh, we're fake. Oh, they don't know what's going on. It's like this thing is just playing out in front of us, but we're not giving that um, folks the ability to to, to learn because we just think that it's, it's linear. Like these things happen now we know stuff. And so now you just have all these conspiracy theories, and I love a good conspiracy theory. I think they're, you know, fun and interesting. But um, it's just some harebrained stuff out there, and so we're just all armchair public health officials. We're all armchair uh, uh, scientists, and putting literally our community um, at risk because we want to be up in a bar, up in a club, um, or at Wet and Wild. Like we just cannot do these things. Like we're so programmed to consume um, and indulge that we can't just sit our butts down um, and and do what we need to do. And I don't mean to like sound disparaging because some some people are like living alone and like really struggling with with it. But um, when you have stuff like Wet and Wild opening up, you see like hundreds of people. You just like man, it gave me anxiety. I just couldn't. I just. I don't care how many times you sanitize something, it ain't going to be enough for me over there. Because all it's going to take is a (laughs) hachoo. Done. I mean, we all know this. If it wasn't for my dog, I would be a miserable wreck. Like, if I I literally talk to him like he's part of, like, one of my friends that I'm communicating with during the day. So we all know Suge. If it wasn't for Suge, I'd probably have a heart attack and be by myself. But there are some people I know, even being by yourself, I get it if you have to, like, be out somewhere, like, once in a while. There's somebody I know on my social media who literally is at four or five different places every day. Mm -hmm. Like, 
You can't sit your butt down at home, not even for one day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that doesn't. I, how do you? How does that seem okay for people? Yeah, it's just a sad state of affairs. We have so many social things we could do virtually. Maybe they just want like to watch girls chat sports. Like watch girls chat sports for one. Thank you. <laughs> check out KT. He has a show um, out of Texas that we were just on. Sports um, Talk Live. Yes. And he commented saying that in Texas, his governor talked about all the beds were, uh, they have are available. And within a week, they're already full. So it's serious because you have to, like I said before, you can, you were in your green room, that you have to look out for the physicians and everybody in the hospitals and stuff and those health care and all the essential workers that are now repeatedly having to do this again and go through this again. They haven't been with their families. They haven't been... Some of them have lost their lives helping us get better. And now this is what you do to them. It's like a well, yeah. There was a girl on CNN today who, this was her second time catching COVID and she had different issues. It wasn't just respiratory. It was a couple other different things. I can't remember off top what it was that she had, but there's a, so basically she's been, had got it now twice. So there's been some kind of mutation within the COVID now. Yeah, you can get it again. For everybody that thinks you can't get it once you had it once, you can get it again. Uh, we have friends in our circle that are healthcare admin professionals in different places across the country that have repeatedly told me months prior that guess what? We've seen it happen to the same people over again. And it can come back. Mm -hmm. So I'm not playing with folks out there. I need everybody to just do the right thing. You mm -hmm. know? Distancing, please social distance, six feet. Yeah, we're gonna be forced to I goggles my I wanna hug my parents too. I wanna I wanna do all those things with them, but I wanna live to see it and I want them to live to see me. So if I have to stay away from them and I have to mask up and you wear face coverings and stay socially distant from that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Yeah, right okay. I want yes, I wanna be out there, but we got young kids that are out there actually risking their lives. And I'll put it to that that way. They're risking their lives with the COVID and other factors to march for us. But we can we can definitely do our part being behind the front lines. But just think about those numbers of everyone that gathered. And as beautiful as that movement was, you still got Rona lingering. So they're even at risk. Everybody's at risk. Everybody, so what's, yeah. the, what's the NFL stance? I haven't kept up on that. So what, what they talking about? As of right now, it's going as planned. Yeah. Are you you you're speaking on COVID or Black Lives Matter? Because we got two viruses going. You oh, we can, <laughs> we can talk about all of it, but uh, because I think NFL uh, is just problematic, and I just I'm not I'm no expert. I'm kind of speaking uh, uh, out of turn, but I just think that uh, we need a real reckoning with NFL and that. Um, a lot of us black and brown and Asian folks uh, really need to to really push hard on the NFL for a lot of their policies and practices that's related to um, their players and and their fans. They just take people for granted, and it just has to be a real uh, uh, pushback, I think, because they the way they're handling stuff and getting passes. For the sake of entertainment, for the sake because people want to be entertained, I think that's just not okay. I just, I just think we got to do something about that. And you were a Kaepernick fan, and you were following the 49ers up until when did you stop? 
Um, I stopped following uh, 49ers when Cap left. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I, but I still am a Cap fan. I don't care what he does. I'm Cap all day. Do you think that um, – And Jack. Huh? <laughs> yeah, plus you liked it. What what do you think he should do you think that he should come back to the NFL if he was offered? Do you think he should say yes or no to a job with them if they make amends? They I haven't, mean, I, haven't made amends because they haven't publicly yeah. apologized to him personally. They apologize about the subject, but they didn't apologize apologize to the individual that created the subject. Yeah, I think that ship has probably sailed. And if he wanted to go back on his own terms, I'd be all for it. But I think that thing that happened, I guess it was last year, um, with the whole training camp and all that, that was amazing. <laughs> that was a beautiful thing that happened. Because What's again, that? I said people bash him for wearing a fictional character T-shirt, which, by the way, Kunta is not real. Well, they say he is. Uh, uh, I've had debates with this, but he was playing a fictitious character in the movie Roots uh, by LeVar Burton, but people had stuff to say about that. Now, if he shows up wearing that shirt today, now everybody's mood has changed because of the climate. Oh, yeah, go with it. Rock with it. It's so funny how that kind of shifts, right? Yeah, but and I think that what Cap was doing was um, ahead of his time, which only with the kneeling and standing up and risking and losing his job for it and standing up for his people and what he believed was ahead of his time because you fast forward to now what are we dealing with now everybody's on that train but cap yeah. was pushing that as people are still watching the nfl being like oh poor cap um but even the way he bucked the system and he didn't align himself with like oh well, I, I want a job i want to get back so let me get back in here he just turned the tables on them but at the end of the day what he was pushing back against was this white persimmon uh, supremacy stuff and standing up for what he believed in. And so if we fast forward to 2020, what we're doing is trying to push against white supremacy and just being taken advantage of. And so he was like really ahead of his game. And so all those people that was um, riding Jay-Z's tip and saying dis disparaging things about Cap where, he, you know, if he wanted a job and all this stuff, it's like, look at... Look at us now. Look where we at. And uh, and I think that if more players have the ability to do something like that, the NFL would be in a different situation. But I'm not saying that people need to go out and risk their jobs, you know, because th that's what it is. But um, at some point, you just got to have a, a pushback. Or otherwise, we're just going to be sitting here where the NFL is going to start playing, have their players all exposed, being sick, not caring, taking back to their uh, – family, you know, just that kind of stuff. Cause they just trying to get their money, get their little coins. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting too, if people watch the uh, world soccer leagues, how they have had a lot of solidarity from all of the teams that are wearing uh, BLM jerseys down to the refs. Yeah. How the has just been a great example to set. I'm, I'm very curious to see if sports returns, what that representation for Black Lives Matter will look like especially in those sports that are dominated where it's mostly black people and black athletes uh, playing. Very curious to see what that turn is going to look like. Um, as far as the NFL goes, um, someone had asked the question, will you follow him if he returns? Will you follow Cap? I know I asked you this before, but someone just typed in asking. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I think I would follow him, but I'm trying to be low key on the whole NFL thing until they um, change. You know, I'm just it's just me. I'm a spectator. I'm not like entrenched in. I don't have any stock in NFL. 
Um, but I just think NFL as a whole, um, from what I know about it, could change things. Even the whole combine situation has its implications uh, and just the way they do business. And so, you know, when I like these players like Cap and Dak and, you know, Alex Smith and other people, you know, I like them for, you know, very, you know, singular reasons. No, but I, I believe in what Cap stands for. And I just think that he is, um, it's just wonderful to see in this day and age that someone standing up for what they believe. And so it's easy for me to not be that invested in the NFL to say like, well, I'm not going to watch it because I'm not really, you know, entrenched in it. But it just me trying to like use this muscle. So when it comes to something I really care about, that I'll be used to like standing up for something that I believe and not uh, dismiss it because it goes back to anything. We just negotiate our ourselves into stuff and out of stuff. And, um, you know, I just want to be able to take a stand. And um, if that means only watching a football game with Matt bar and it happens to be on, then that's fine. But with, your mask um, with my mask on, with my mask on. Yeah. So but yeah, what so do Kevin, about, what do you think about the WNBA then? Because we've all gone to Aces games together. Um, and there have been at least I'd say a handful, five to six players who have already just said they're not gonna play this season, um, due to just there being more there being, you know, more important things that you want to concentrate their time and efforts into. One of those being Natasha Cloud, um, as well as uh, jo- uh Jones. I forgot her for uh what is it, John? What is it? What are you talking about? Jones from the Sun. Anyway, so um, in which at which also has caused the Aces now to be a favorite to win the championship because of all these other players that have dropped out. But I'm curious to know, you know, which players of ours, if any, drop out. You know, if um, uh, if Liz Cambage makes it in from Australia, um, if the, if she can get back over here. But what do you feel as far as, you know, we see a lot more women now kind of taking their time out. We haven't seen any big name NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL players saying they're, they're going to take a, a – Take a minute out. Yeah, they only would consider taking a timeout, but not actually doing it. What? They've actually said, like a few of them, like Lou Williams and the spark of um, what was said about the NBA players not playing because they want to fight injustices and injustices and that kind of thing. So you've had a few speak out, but they're not literally doing it. Whereas, like you're, to your point, the WNBA are actually acting on it. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to, um, let's, let's say protesting, um, whatever that might mean, maybe it's protesting on the streets, maybe it's protesting by not going to your job, whatever that entails. The way that the system is designed is for us to be um, dependent upon income and um, in our jobs for our livelihood. And so what will people do is say, well, I'm not going to protest these working conditions because I need this job and it's going to be hard for me to get another job somewhere else. So I'm just going to suck it up and continue working here and doing this thing. And so people's um, have a hesitancy to, to protest. And so it's actually um, a privilege to be able to stand out and protest and stand up for what you believe and 
risk your 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 job, you know, when you're picketing and that sort of thing. And so it's easy for people that make a whole lot of money to be like, yo, I'm gonna keep this check. These, you know, 12 million, 13 million, 50 million, whatever it is. If you are um, a third tier player or you're WNBA and you're not making that much money anyway, um, it might be an easier decision for you. Maybe you have determined that you can make comparable income in some other way. And so maybe these ladies have the ability to make those decisions because they don't make as much. Um, and, you know, that has its own complications uh, right. when it comes to women's value and all that stuff. And so I think that that has a lot to do about our ability to buck a system and protest about how connected we are and what we um, feel that we can give up or not. But that's just part of this overall um, structure, society, capitalism, um, faux democracy that we're a part of. Well, I feel like it's going to be a wake up call for everybody. It'll be interesting to see how just the rest of 2020 plays out. We're, our, we're, we're literally halfway through it. If we can just make it through the second half. I know. We're in, uh, what is it, level six right now? <laughs> June level six. <laughs> Seriously, along with the Mercury retrograde, summer solstice. I mean, it's just everything's happening. Don't make any crazy decisions phase in the next. Phase two. Phase two. Yeah. Sorry, guys. No strip clubs in Vegas for a while. <laughs> we'll see what, the, what they can decide next week. They, yeah. said, they said phase three. We're going to table that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> we got to. We really have. <laughs> Anyways, Andre, thank you for joining us. Can you please let people know where they can find you or find Silver State Equality if they want to get more information on what you're doing? Sure. Uh, so Silver State Equality is my full-time gig. Um, it's a statewide LGBTQ civil rights organization. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter or our website, www.silverstateequality.org. We'd love for you to be involved and engaged, um, setting up for emails and that sort of thing and donating, of course. Uh, but then I'm on uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, I go by Android Nation, A-N-D-R-E-O-I-D underscore Nation or Android in uh, Vegas. So I don't really use my name for my handles, but uh, I'm out there. You know, I'm easy to be found. I um, would love to um, follow people and hear what they have to say about things. So, yeah, check, come check on me. And shout out to everybody that uh, joined us tonight. Yeah. Um, that yeah, I appreciate the good. comments and everything. I was trying to, you know, peek over a little bit. And, see. and Nicole Williams says hi, and she is part of Urban Pride. Oh, tell her, tell Nicole I said hi. I'll tell her not. Hey, Nicole. <laughs> yeah, they have. So, um, Urban Pride and Las Vegas Pride are organizing a uh, silent protest this Saturday. I'm gonna get the time wrong. I think it's like it's like six um, o'clock, I believe. But if you go on Urban Pride's uh, website, you can get the information. There's a flyer going around on Facebook. But it's in solidarity with uh, Black Lives Matter and Pride and just showing that the Black community and the LGBTQ community uh, coming together, which is rare, kind of to our earlier conversation. And so they've been doing a lot of work with the planning around this. So really proud of these ladies uh, for putting that on with uh, 
Las Vegas Pride. So if that's something you all are interested in, to show solidarity for the Black community, the LGBTQ community, uh, the silent march uh, protest is going on this Saturday. Thank you so much. And, you know, we have to have you back on because you do know some sports. A little bit. I do. I, a little bit. A little bit. Un poquito. <laughs> back on for sure. Um, real quick before we wrap up, I want to just talk ESPYs real quick. Yes, sports was Sunday. Um, Virtual. It was an excellent representation of what carried through on Black Lives Matter, as well as acknowledging some of the athletes we never hear about, these unsung mm -hmm. heroes that win special awards. Uh, I want to also shout out Kevin Love because he yeah. definitely the author of uh, Ash Award of Courage, which was amazing because he spoke about his anxieties and his mental illness. And that's one of those taboo things, especially within the black community, that we don't fully express enough of, that we do have certain traumas that we go through and we need to make sure that we identify them and get the necessary help that's needed. And so I appreciate that Kevin Love was able to have that platform and associate his skills with basketball to relate to, hey, I have anxieties. I have things that happen. Uh, he highlighted one of his games where he had to walk off the court literally during a championship series because he was having an anxiety moment of a panic attack or whatever the case may be. But again, it's that mental illness that is something that's so taboo that we don't touch on. So big ups to him on that. Uh, I thought Megan Rapinoe, Sue Bird, and Russell Wilson did a fabulous job as hosts. Of the event i was kind of mad though that megan rapino and sue bird had the shirt on i was trying to order from fear of god that sold out and i woke up very early to try to get you and i andre both were trying to fight for the shirt didn't get it because we found out who's wearing the shirt now so i love it i was gonna george floyd on there shout out to that and it just all in all was a great great look at another side of sport it was probably one of the better ones i've seen it was okay. i mean never watched it and to watch this one fully to its entirety was amazing and it was emotional like it was very uh, i cried a few a handful of times in it i mean but that's me anyway but there's it was a great story that we usually yeah i always those stories get me yes like the guy was named tq that got honored by shakeem griffin um who had gotten uh, was basically was on fire and i don't know he had third degree burns and only had like a certain percentage of chance to live like his story, and now he's in graduating high school and going to a community college to play football as a running back. Like, I mean, there's just amazing stories all around. The woman who was the UFC fighter who decided to go back to help COVID patients because she was a nurse. Yep. Oh. I'm wearing my UFC shirt. I can't, I won't say UFC. I'll stand up real quick. UFC. <laughs> We're all fighters. <laughs> yeah. It was a great SB. It's great SB. SBs. It was one of those better ones. I, like I said, I particularly don't ever sit through an SBs to watch this one and the way that they presented awards. Uh, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was absolutely one of the better ones. So shout out to that. Yeah. Great show. And great show tonight. And I again, yeah. thank you, Dre. Thank you, Mel. Yeah, I just want to thank y'all real quick. Just want to thank y'all for the continued friendship and love and the uplift um, and having this show and the platform and uh, I won't say having the courage to, to have this because I think it's just part of who you all are, but just uh, being mindful and thoughtful uh, of having me included in these conversations because it's important for uh, your audience to, to hear this. And so I love you too very much. 
And uh, I can't wait to give y'all a hug and for you to give me presents. That's all. <laughs> I have presents for you. I have presents for Mel. And shout out to Mel because her birthday is coming up. And, and shout out to Jorge, wherever she's at. Portito. These cancers are in the building. Shout out to my boy Rashad, who has a birthday. I'm Go ahead and hook up the cash apps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the come say hi. They go, Sean. He says hi, Mom. That's my nephew. Thank you. I support. <laughs> All right, y'all. I appreciate right, it. Bye, Natalie. Bye. <laughs> Bye.